little, two little, dead little aliens, four little, five little, dead little aliens. Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host Mark Hamer and this is your weekly Laps news update for the week commencing May the 2nd. Tonight we'll chat a little bit about what we've been playing recently, we'll touch on a couple of news stories and we've also got a mini topic for discussion tonight. If we've got time we'll also respond to any relevant listener questions or feedback we may have had and any extra bits and pieces which may come to mind along the way. On tonight's episode I'm joined by regular LGR team members Andy, Kevin, Stewart. Good evening guys. Good evening. Hi. <laughs> so we've got a mini topic today. Uh, given the recent release of the Ratchet and Clank movie and the upcoming World of Warcraft and Assassin's Creed movies and the just recently announced new Tomb Raider film, uh, we thought we'd have a little discussion around this question. If you had your pick of which game you could make into a movie, what would it be, who would you cast and who would direct? Kev, do you want to start us off? Yeah, why not? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'd kick off with Tropico 5, I reckon, uh, starring Benicio Del Toro. You know, Skip not... 1 to 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just go straight, straight in. with Tropico yeah. 5. <laughs> just confuse, confuse the hell out of America straight away, you know. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, do a film with Tropico 5, starring Benicio Del Toro, but the Benicio that we know and love from Usual Suspects, where he just went... <laughs> Nobody could Give tell what the, the hell he was saying. you fucking cocksucker, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah. definitely that that Benicio uh, or um, Benicio del Toro from um, Fear and Loathing, Fear and Loathing in Las oh! Vegas. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a crazy drugged up El Presidente. Oh fucking bats! Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, a cross between the two. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, then I'd have a soundtrack for it from the uh, Gypsy Kings. Nice. Definitely. Yeah, just have them go, go in and doing Hotel California and Stairway to Heaven. I'd love to hear their version of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then get somebody um, really steady to direct it, like um, David Cronenberg or somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like to hear like a uh, Buena Vista Social Club soundtrack to that film as well. Yeah, that would work perfectly. Mm. Is Rancuda dead? Uh, I don't know. He must be very old. Think, yeah, I think he's always <laughs> been old. Yeah, yeah, we're about 70 in 70s. <laughs> uh, no, he's still going. My God. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get he's, hit by 2016. He's only 69. <laughs> he's been 69 <laughs> for the last 60 years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's always been an old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Super Meat Boy? Um, wow. Ooh. <laughs> Video nasty. Yeah, starring Michael Cera mm-hmm. from Arrested Development and uh, <laughs> who else? He's that floppy actor, isn't he? He's got, he's got that. Mm. He just, he just like. Mm. Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so he can just flop about and it, it'd be bloody all over the place, you know, just like blood <laughs> everywhere. Directed yeah. by. Is it L.A. Roth? Eli Roth, yeah. Oh, Eli Roth, yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. <laughs> Why not? Cabin fever. <laughs> yeah. So that's one possible thing. I did think of a second active if uh, Michael Cera decided to drop out 
I thought Jesse Daniel Eisenberg. No, I thought Daniel Day Lewis might get oh, into his method <laughs> you could get you could it Yeah, he'd have to spend a year as a piece of meat. Yeah. <laughs> Living in a butcher's. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was thinking you could get Jesse Eisenberg if Michael Cera wasn't up for it because yeah. they're basically the same person. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> the word. Yeah. You never I see them together. Exactly. You never see them together. <laughs> Stuart, you got one? Um I was kind of joking during the week whenever we were discussing this about um, having Daniel Day-Lewis as Sonic the Hedgehog uh, Michael Michael Fassbender as Dr. Robotnik and oh, I don't know who on earth would direct it um, but then I started thinking about it and went slightly off the wall um, with it this evening I was thinking Thomas was alone possibly directed Ooh. by David Lynch starring, Vig- starring Viggo Mortensen Possibly ah. doing the narration, possibly James Earl Jones, <laughs> um, and with music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch. Perfect. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That sounds great. <laughs> I've got a stupid one. This one, I thought, well, this couldn't happen because the star is dead, unfortunately. You've got, a, hang on, you've got a stupid one. What about ours? <laughs> they were, they were not exactly. They're all perfectly feasible. Oh right, okay. This I've got to hear. <laughs> okay, so picture this: uh, a Werner Herzog directed version of Super Mario, uh, with Mario played by Klaus Kinski. Um, and it starts. It starts off with with Mario on a you know a noble quest to rescue the princess, but as he wades through the blood of Goombas and and Coopers, uh, <laughs> the murder starts to weigh heavy on his mind, and it ends up as an allegory of the the cruelty of man and the, the futility of life, or something Werner Herzogish. <laughs> yeah, when you stare into the chasm. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. the abyss, isn't it? Yeah. Stare yeah. into the abyss, and it stares back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Stare down the pipes. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and I don't know who do. I probably have to, you'd have to have a suitably mental soundtrack. So probably some like Mertzbau or yeah. some other Japanoise um, artist. Um, one of the games we covered last year, I wouldn't mind seeing ending up as a film. Um, Kentucky Route Zero. I don't know who I'd want to star in it. Maybe Josh Brolin, but it would have to be directed by David Lynch. Because that the is game a very sorry. I thought the game was. <laughs> yeah, it feels very lynching sort of game. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would really like to see a um, a Deus Ex film adaptation directed by Ridley Scott. That because, would work. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen anyone do cyberpunk quite like um, Blade Runner. So I'd love to see Ridley Scott do a do a Deus Ex film again. I don't know who you get to star in it, but Tom Hardy or Michael Fassbender because they're in everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! What's his What's his name? The guy that plays Luther. I've, is I've gone blank. Idris. Uh, Idris yeah, Idris Elba. Just get him in as well, because let's face it, between the three of them, Fastbender, Hardy, and uh, him, they've got it yeah. covered. <laughs> yeah, they're tying up the movie industry at the moment. Yep. <laughs> uh, we've had some suggestions from the community. First from our very own Lee Howard at Count Fosco on Twitter, and uh, he would like to see a movie adaptation of The Swapper. Uh, Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain re-team from Take Shelter in this return to moody sci-fi by David Fincher, channeling Alien and Blade Runner era Ridley Scott to the soundscape of vintage Jerry Goldsmith. Don't care if he's dead, Goldsmith is a musical god. (laughs) (laughs) That I would like to see. 
I haven't finished the Swapper, but that is a creepy ass game, and I'd like to. I would. That's, that's like, it could work as a as a film. We actually ended up having quite a bit of a discussion about this on Twitter, uh, and the more Lee talked about it, the more I wanted to see it come to life. <laughs> Michael Shannon just scares the shit out of me every oh, God, time yeah. I see him. Yeah. It could be on. Yeah. It could be on this breakfast show or something like that, and it's just oh, God. Except in um, his little cameo in uh, Groundhog Day. He's not quite so scary in that. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot. He was in sort of recently. He's like he's the kid that um, yeah. that, he, that uh, Bill Murray gets the wrestling tickets for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Shannon. Um, Com Sheridan at Som sixty seven suggested Legend of Zelda: uh, Ocarina of Time. Steven Spielberg direct, and who would play Link? You decide. Uh, who would play Link? Someone uh, who doesn't mind ever saying anything, not you know, someone who doesn't mind not saying anything ever. <laughs> um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dye his hair blonde and just like yeah, yeah. don't let him talk. Please, <laughs> God, don't let him talk. Yeah, I was thinking actually a young um, Tom Cruise, sort of legend era. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. would be interesting. Yeah. I reckon Statham, Jason Statham. Jason Statham <laughs> in a blonde wig, yeah. just not saying anything but looking moody. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, if it's directed by Spielberg, it'll just be to end up talk- him talking about his parents. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you who could wear tights, so he's worn before The Rock. Oh. The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson can do no wrong. That guy's oh, acting no. legend. I love him. Play him. Put him as Link, and he would just. Be- <laughs> just kick ass like my <laughs> the, the dungeons if wouldn't that, last half um, as long could we at least have Jason Statham in as the voice of um, I can't remember the name of the, the little pixie thing oh yeah the little hey listen yeah he'd be like, oi listen major malfunction <laughs> <laughs> We had another tweet from, uh, just called H, at Welsh Benno, and he says, uh, I'll go over my favourite games, The Suffering, directed by Guillermo del Toro, starring Liev Schreiber as Talk. I've never come across this game. Have any of you yeah, guys played, played it at all? It. You played, played both it. both of them, yes. Yeah, I think it was on the PS2 um, yeah. and Xbox One. It's a good game. It's actually The first one in particular is really good. I'll tell you what, that would be a fucked up film. That would yeah. be a fucked up film from <laughs> the Toro. Why don't they just, uh, we could just have, like, I don't know, a Silent Hill film directed by Guillermo del Toro and, and starring um, Norman Reedus. Don't know where I got the idea from, but yeah. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah funny that. <laughs> yeah, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I was discussing this uh, with a friend the other day, he actually had an interesting suggestion. He'd like to see... Um, a movie adaptation of Metal Gear Solid 4 with Old Stake and just let let Kojima direct it already. He's always wanted to make a film. Just let him make a film. And then um, <laughs> cast... Just get it out of the system, yeah. And then cast uh, Kurt Russell as Old Snake. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. man. Because he was always the inspiration. So. <laughs> well, that would really fuck all the Escape from New York fans, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, Kurt Russell, who played Snake, plays Snake, Solid Snake. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where he got the name from, and the fact that he wears an eye patch. Never would have guessed that. You never would have guessed that he's into James Bond films either. 
the fact that you can get a tuxedo at the end of Metal Gear Solid 1. <laughs> <laughs> and the Snake Eater tune from Metal Gear Solid 3 that's ripped straight out of James Bond. Okay, moving on to what we've been playing this week. Who'd like to start us off? I nominate you, Andy. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How many games have you completed this week? Two. T- completed two games this week. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> all right. Well, what have you done? All, first of all, I completed um, Shadow Mode or Story Mode. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> Finished that off, and um, like I said, one of the, my games of the generation, probably the game. Continued along. I managed to get all the bosses converted to my um, side, and wow. then you take your fight. I can't remember the mouth of Sauron, which mm. is a decent fight. It's a very good fight, but then you have to fight Sauron himself. Not as a final boss battle, yeah. surely. No, okay. this is it. But um, he's not. He's supposed to be not corporeal at no. that point. Yeah, good point. No, this is it. He's, <laughs> you've, you're sort of fighting him and. Uh, uh, this is what I'm taking about the law. The law seems to have just out of the window. Oh dear! But I did tweet about it. and I was fucking pissed off about this shit because it was a, ended on the QTE. Oh uh, no! Yeah, yeah. Hmm. such a brilliant game that ends on the QTE. Just thinking, what the fuck? So I was really pissed off of it, but I still love the game. I'm gonna go back to it. I'm gonna hundred percent. But yeah, it was a fucking pain in the ass when they just like QTE'd it. But I suppose we just ran out of ideas, and I suppose maybe we just thought, well, we've got to end it somehow. But yeah, it ends on a. And I don't mind QTEs, but I don't think you should use them to end games mm. as such. No, no. 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 That's so, a real shame. Yeah, it is, but the journey, it's all about the journey, isn't it? And <laughs> at least we don't have five different endings to it. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't there a decent amount of DLC for that as well? Yeah, I've got all the DLC. So <laughs> okay. as I play through them, uh, I think there's a hunting one. I think you play through as the elf. Um, so there's quite a lot of DLC. So as I play through that, yeah, Calibrimbo. So as I play through that, I'll tell you my thoughts on those. The second game I completed. It only takes about 15 minutes, but I just fancied a bit of a break. It was on the <laughs> PS3. Um, unfortunately, you can't get it anymore. It was deleted off the PSN. Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those. That I think Sega went through a period of, I think, deleted um, Outrun, one of the Outrun games, and they deleted this game, and I can't remember what else, but it's called Afterburner Climax. And basically, it was the. It's Afterburner, if you've ever known the classic Afterburner game. It's like yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take one of like an F-14 or F-15 Tomcat and it's just basically shooting shit. Okay, <laughs> arcades, <laughs> arcade, arcade, arcade flight combat. You, you're, you know, you're from the viewpoint is from behind and you just press, press two buttons, guns and missiles. And your missiles um, resupply automatically. And essentially you just play through the level, there's a couple of splits where you can either go take left or right, so the level can change, and as you go through, it's just getting your high score, um, 
the more you go through, the more times you play through, the more unlocks you get, so you can unlock like better missiles, more lives, more better shields, faster speed, faster guns, and so on. Um, yeah. So I just had a quick play through about 15 minutes. <laughs> had a lot of fun. Yeah. So Isn't that, that those games are always basically Star Fox for grown-ups? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to say anything bad about Star Fox, but you know. No. <laughs> um, I just I just remember after Burn of the from the eighties, you know, you had the big ca- cabinet. You know, mm. there was the sit down one and what be the gyroscope one sort of where you were. Ah, there was one that was a full three sixty one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. So uh, as a quick blast, I mean if you've got it, you know, you can re download it off from your account. Um it's a lot of fun. I spent, you know, about an hour just blasting the way through Unlocking stuff and going through it again, so it was just it was a lot of fun. I just um, had a look. That must have been sat on your your library for quite a while because the game was delisted from Xbox Live and PSN in <laughs> December 2014. <laughs> yeah, it's been. I think I got it. I I really had to dig part of this because yeah. obviously the game of Afterburning. You know, like, I thought I've got it. I've got it somewhere. I had to really go through the transaction list. When mm. you look at the transaction list, I think I had about, about 1,100 items. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I've downloaded from PSN, so I was like, oh, fuck's sake. So it's, I think I got it in 2012, so it was really going back throughout all the ages, just tracking it all down. Mm. But it's quite good that, you know, if you've got it and it's on the, it's still on the servers, it's just a shame that they've delisted it. Because I think, you know... It is a fun game. 15 minutes, you know, it's an arcade classic. It's been, it was remade for the PS3 and Xbox. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, so the final game I played um, was Civilization Revolution. And and because I'm just gearing myself up for the Total War Warhammer game, I thought I'd just get, step back into some um, strategy games. Mm. And I had that on my shelf. I had that on my shelf for about five, six years now. Because I think it was one of the early PS3 titles. Um, and I played the sandbox um, game of it, not the scenarios. The scenarios. Essentially, you can take control of one of the leaders of, so for example, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, Lincoln, um, Cleopatra, and I just took him through the sandbox. I stuck it on easy just to get to grips with the mechanics, um, and you can have multiple ways to win. You, know, you can build. Um, farms you can build your army up if you make three of the same units you can put them together as make a full army send them out, you can have peace with fellow um, leaders you can attack them um, and yeah, it's essentially just trying to win and conquer in any way which forward I think I managed to get this, uh, 10 achievements or something like that I think 20 achievements so like that's how I won it instead of being military Orientated, orientated, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I picked up the sequel on the v- on the Vita um, last month, so I'm going to play that as well, and I'm going to go back to the mm. scenarios. But we were talking about it one of the early games, one of the early p- uh, PS3 games. There's no trophies, so you're like expecting little pings now and then for you to achieve something, but no, <laughs> no pings at all. But it's ideal. I mean, I've got Civ Four on the shelf. And I've heard story, and I played Civilization Two on the PS One, and mm. uh, back. And this is just a really fast, um, w- really well designed 
um, game using the gamepad and just make it really quick, really easy. So you, you're not really having to um, micromanage things like the classic Civ. It's just really oh, yeah. fast, speedy. You know, everything's quite simple. Send your, your workers will all automatically start getting resources in. Um, you can change what resources you want them to collect, but they start automatically getting it in. Um, you can, can move your warriors about. It, it, it is just really fast and well designed for the consoles, and it's a shame they didn't bring the sequel out to the PS4. Yeah. Hmm. But it is on the Vita. Hmm. I'm quite looking forward to playing. The controls on Civ Rev on the iPad are great, and um, I heard that because obviously you've got your back pads as well as your shoulder buttons and your touch-sensitive screens. Well, once I've finished all the backlog here... <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's something I wouldn't mind jumping into as well, because I've never played any of the Civ Rev games, and the fact that they're a little bit faster sounds right up my alley, because I've played a lot of the, full, the full-blown the full Civ games. Like I played a lot of uh, Civ Five on, on PC. Uh, it was the most recent one. Um <laughs> And it's great, but if you, if you want to play like me and uh, and friend of the show Andy Palmer used to to play games on regular, but if you wanted to play like a full proper game of Civ Five, playing a couple of hours, uh, you know, a couple of nights a week, it could take two months to finish a game. <laughs> it takes that long, you know, when you have to when everyone's calculating there, because because it, it can take five to ten minutes for you to to sort everything out for one individual move and then wait for the next person to do their move and then the next person and so on so yeah the full blown Civ takes forever to play so it'd be nice to play a, a faster paced one yeah it's like I mean, stripped down yeah it, it's that stripped down I did the sandbox saw the end mm. credits um, in an evening oh uh, wow so I played it on easy you know but it was so fast it is really fast so I did it back in the evening I'm going to go back to it like I said to complete all the scenarios for it um, but one evening, about five hours or so, I think, maybe a bit less. Hmm. So you can play, you yeah. can have a game of that, <laughs> and it takes. It is, it is quick. Right, this week I have been starting to dig into my sixteen and sixteen challenge. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the, there's the notes on the blog and what have you. If anybody wants to go and have a look, but the basic premise was I'd pick sixteen games from the Edge 100 list that were published, uh, I think, last year, and. So two of the games that um, came up on that list that I've never played were both Mass Effect and Bioshock. So I have put maybe somewhere between half an hour to an hour um, into each of them so far. So Mass Effect is developed by Bioware. Um, Publisher was Microsoft Game Studios at the time. Um, was released on Xbox 360, PC and uh, PlayStation 3 and released back in 2007. it's um, Mass Effect is held in very high regard, and mm. as this is the very first time I've started playing it, um, I am struggling a little bit to get into it so far. Part of that is due to the fact that on PC it's not um, configured for controller support, so mm. I've actually had to download um, an actual game profiler and start playing it that way. Now I struggled with the sort of first half hour through it, um, just using the keyboard and mouse before mm. then um, got the game profiler um, sorted out which definitely does help the playability of it so I'm working my way through it slowly, I think I'm just at the sort of 
still sort of start prologue bit of it where um, there's a bomb on the train and things and um, oh so really early then yeah, oh yeah really early as I said uh, I haven't really put a huge amount of time into it but hmm. um, my goal is to still persevere with it and get that finished before the end of the year the other one then was Bioshock on the PC, uh, developed by 2K Boston, published by 2K Games, available on PC, Mac, Xbox 360, PS3, and a couple of years ago was actually released on iOS as well. Um, so that would be interesting to play it on uh, an iPad. Mm. Uh, it was released originally released back in 2007. Bioshock on the PC is a much nicer affair compared to Mass Effect. It's actually got native controller support and everything built into it. Yeah. Uh, support for the Xbox 360 controller um, on PC. And you, the fact that you can crank up the graphics and most uh, PCs these days could easily handle everything on high. So it's a lovely looking game. And mm. those opening, say, 10 minutes or so with the plane crash and even just standing on the steps of the tower in the middle of the ocean watching the plane slowly sink is uh, quite a sight and then getting into Rapture and your first um, experiences of it is very very atmospheric and fantastically um, thought out it's a really interesting uh, environment mm. so it is um, that in its own way um, actually conveys a certain amount of claustrophobia Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, due to the sort of tight tunnels and uh, rooms and things. Despite the fact that it's obviously modelled on a city as well. Um, but yeah, very much enjoying that. So I'm about, um, I think I'm about an hour or so into that so far. Um, it's one of those ones that's, I'm not very, as same as yourself, Mark, I'm not very good at horror games. So that one's no. kind of on the edge because every so often you get thrown into a dark room and yeah, enemies are starting to run at you, or shoot at you, or whatever, and yeah. Mm. It can get a little bit fraught, but uh, no, yeah, I'm very much enjoying uh, it. That's about on the edge of what I tolerate yeah. <laughs> before it goes into <laughs> full-blown survival horror, and then I'm just like, nope, not interested. <laughs> um, that game, I'd say, it has aged incredibly well in comparison to Mass Effect. Mass Effect is definitely showing its age now, especially in comparison to, to Mass Effect 2 and 3. But um, one thing I will say about Mass Effect is that considering it was Bioware's first ever attempt at a quasi third person shooter mm -hmm. um, it's pretty solid it is yeah they've never yeah. done anything like that before I mean all the games before then had been point and click RPGs they hadn't done an RPG third person shooter before and so it's it's clunky uh, and I, you haven't even got to the worst part of the game yet, which is when you're trying to go around planets on the on the Mako. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard you discussing that, so I haven't. Yeah. Oh <laughs> god, be, it's bad. Yeah, that'll be fun to look forward to. So well. But um, it's I think it's still a, a solid game, and the actual interaction with characters and the, the depth of the the lore and the storytelling in the, the first Mass Effect is is much better than it was in the two sequels. The two sequels concentrated more on the action and yeah. kind of slimmed down the storytelling a little bit more. Yeah, as a first playthrough, it's interesting to actually see the choices that you got and get up in your interactions and in reality a lot of the time you don't know how they're going to affect your relationships and things so far well they don't yeah well <laughs> yeah there is that as well I suppose um, so yeah no it's good and I will definitely stay with it 
Well, the other thing I picked up was I had a little bit of credit uh, the other day whenever I was in um, CEX and I actually stumbled across a copy of The Wonderful 101 for £20, which was oh, too good, yeah. And with the credit on top of that, it was far too good to pass up, so it was. Um, I've played through what basically is the demo level that was actually um, available on the Wii U, and for anybody who hasn't played Wonderful 101, definitely download that demo. It's uh, well worth playing through. So I think I'm just up to the end of that so far in the actual game. And yeah, I played the demo a good while ago. There is a lot going on in that game. And it's a little, um, not awkward to control, but uh, you just have to sort of keep your wits about you. Um, it was developed by Platinum Games, published by Nintendo, uh, released obviously on the Wii U uh, back in 2013. It's... It's a oh, kind of a hard one to explain. It's almost like an isometric view where you control one um, hero as part of the wonderful 100, um, with you being the extra one, and you usually have a trail of additional heroes coming on behind you, um, with which you can activate powers for your main hero. For example, um, one of them you get to produce like a large sword, which um, you can fight with. Um, destroy enemies and things. Um, one of the other um, heroes um, you get to make like a fist which can then grab things or um, turn locks or what have you. Just to clarify, this is this is a gun, uh, sorry, a sword made of people. Yes, yes they are. Yeah. And yeah, as I say, all of this is in the demo so if you're um, wanting to have a go at it just to see what it's like. As with most Platinum games, it's hard to fault and it has its own unique style to it um, that is very different from a lot of their other output. Um, I think Platinum are one of those few uh, developers that really do make different games every single time. Um, even sort of looking at things like Bayonetta and what have you, again it's a completely different game. And while I've heard mixed reviews about Star Fox Zero, um, it's still got by Platinum, and it's hard not to be interested um, in mm. that uh, due to that. So that was just something that I picked up, and I've just had a wee quick go. It's not necessarily one that I'll spend a lot of time over the coming months and what have you on, but uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, the last one they've been playing, um, as well as sort of a multitude of other um, little mobile games which were played briefly and probably uninstalled just as quickly. Um, <laughs> but I've spent a lot, fair amount of time in Hearthstone um, this week, so I have. Um, Hearthstone's obviously developed and published by Blizzard on PC, Mac, iOS and Android, uh, released back in 2014, and this week got its new playstyle and expansion released, the uh, Whisper of the Old Gods, um, which brings with it a new format for playing which is standard as it's known which is the last two expansions um, including the new one and the basic and classic um, packs of the cards there's also the wild format available which is um, any cards that you've earned or um, got from packs and things are all available so it's an interesting shake up to the meta game um, for players and uh, I think it was due to come at some stage. I think a lot of card games, even um, actual physical card games um, like Magic and what have you, all go through little periods where they start to discontinue um, expansions as they go forward. Um, but it's nice to see that at least Hearthstone actually still allows you to play um, with everything on the table. So yeah, that's all so far this week. 
Hearthstone's something that I really, really want to get back into. I downloaded it again onto my new phone when I picked it up. But I downloaded it and played through the tutorials and a few games about a year ago. Uh-huh. Um, and then haven't played it since. And it doesn't let you replay the tutorials. So I can't remember how you play the game. <laughs> do, do you want so I've got sat on my phone and I don't remember how to play it. So I need to I need to go onto YouTube and watch some tutorial videos on how the hell Hearthstone works. Yeah, a very quick tutorial. A very quick, quick tutorial is that each turn you start off. Well, you start off with one mana crystal, and each turn you get a subsequent mana crystal. So you start off with one, you go to two, three, four, etc., um, all the way up to ten. And the cards that you can choose have mana crystal ratings. Um, so say you're one card that you want to play as a three that you get in your starting hand you'll obviously not be able to play that until at least turn three mm. and then they all have a lot of the cards there's either minion cards or each of the classes themselves have their own special spell cards um, mm. so minion cards are open to um, basically everybody and obviously then um, class specific cards um, yeah it's kind of a, an odd one to it, I think it's easy once you get into it yeah. Uh, but yeah, not being able to play that tutorial and not necessarily having played it for a little while, it's mm. it can be hard. Um, certainly there's the spectator mode um, built into Hearthstone now, whereas if you go online and there's somebody on your friends list um, currently in a game, you should be able to spectate them actually playing it, um, which mm. might be an easier um, way than possibly going on YouTube. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of YouTube videos and things anyway. That's something I forgot to mention the other week when I was talking about Clash Royale. Uh, which I noticed. Not only on Clash Royale um, can you go back and watch replays of your last 10 or so games, um, there's actually a, a little tab channel where you can watch replays of the top level players in the world playing games of uh, Clash Royale, so you can watch how the top... It's sort of like an inbuilt Twitch. Yeah, well, um, that's very impressive. Where you can watch like the best players of Clash Royale and the world playing, so you can pick up little tips and, and hints and things like that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I just completely forgot to mention it when I was talking about it the other week. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very cool feature. Actually, I've still to pick up Clash Royale and have a go at it. Uh, it's worth a try. Yeah, I might have a go at it at some stage too. Well. It's just full of obnoxious free-to-play nonsense. Yeah, I've heard just mentioning them, and yeah, Hearthstone is really nice that way in that there's very little prompting you to buy there's options to buy but it's it's just to buy packs to um, increase your deck and things like that um i'm sure blizzard are making an absolute bundle on it but it's a very nice way of presenting it yeah so i've been playing a few games this week um firstly uh playing more destiny on uh ps4 uh this week brought back the uh i think it's every month or every couple of months they have the the, the premier uh timed multiplayer event iron banner um, so I, I hit that quite hard this week, and to continue the, the theme of what I was talking about, the changes they made to Destiny um, recently with a recent patch, that game is continuing to just poop loot left, right and centre. Um, whereas before when you were playing Iron Banner, you'd have to grind all the way to rank 5 with, your, with each of your characters for the chance to possibly maybe have a half-decent piece of Iron Banner gear drop at the end of a round. Um, this time around it started dropping very frequently from rank zero, so I played at the end of my first game, it gave me one of the best Iron Banner guns in the entire game. Um, the multiplayer is still kind of a bit wonky, 
if it doesn't have dedicated servers, it's still peer-to-peer. -peer. So um, if somebody is in your match who has a bad connection, then they'll be bouncing around all over the place and almost impossible to hit. Um, and you'll or, or you'll you'll kill them, and then they won't die, and then they'll kill you, and then die a few seconds later, uh, which is kind of annoying. But um, overall, it's a much better experience than it has been um, for the entirety of the game since it came back came out in September 2014. Um, I played a little bit of Rocket League again on PS4. Uh, they've added yet another free update uh, to follow on with the um, the Chaos Labs mental pitches they added a while ago and the ice hockey mode they added around Christmas. Uh, they've added a new mode that was, I think it was originally supposed to be out in March to coincide with March Madness, but they've added basketball to uh, to Rocket League. Uh, 2v2 um, with uh, a horizontal goal instead of like instead of the, uh, the vertical ones. Um, it's really good. I'm really, really bad at it. I can. <laughs> I was quite good at like the ice hockey mode and the football mode, but because it's now basketball, you've got to be pretty good with your with your aerial game. And I am absolutely terrible at playing in the air. Yeah, same, yeah. Um, a number of times I've jumped up and then boosted and just completely gone straight past the ball. Uh, it's also <laughs> I can't defend. I'm, I'm usually uh, pretty good as a keeper on uh, Rocket League but because the net is above you and you have to be in the air to block shots I'm absolutely terrible at defending on it as well so um, I think out of the dozen or so games I've played I've won one of them um, but it's still great fun and, and Psionics uh, have, they, uh, I mean the, the, the player base for Rocket League absolutely love them and it's for good reason I mean, on PS4 the game was free and it didn't cost that much on the other platforms that came out and they keep on bringing out these free updates the only thing you pay for if you want to is uh, cosmetic stuff or new cars like they brought out the uh, ages ago they brought out the uh, DeLorean from um, Back to the Future and then the Batmobile from Batman vs Superman so you can pay for cosmetic stuff that doesn't affect the gameplay at all uh, and all the actual um, game modes that they introduce are all completely free which is great um, the next game I've been playing, I've barely played any of, I've, only, I've played about an hour maybe, uh, I picked up uh, the complete season one of uh, Life, is, Life is Strange, well, I say season one, I don't know if there's going to be any more, I don't know whether it's just a standalone thing, uh, but Life is Strange on PS4, I think it was like £7. Um, this one I was quite interested in because I played a game a few years ago called uh, Remember Me by Don't Nod. Uh, entertainment, a French uh, studio, uh, and that game was published by Capcom, and it was a really, really interesting sort of um, character action, um, it's almost like a platinum sort of game, combo fighting game, but with um, like cyberpunk, set in a cyberpunk city uh, of future Paris, with like really interesting mechanics around manipulating people's memories to, to change um, their perception of, of of the events that have happened uh, in the game. Uh, really interesting, but really, really flawed. Amazing soundtrack as well. Uh, if uh, I'd highly recommend going out and checking out the soundtrack for uh, Remember Me. But yeah, they brought out this game, Life is Strange, which is kind of like a Telltale style... Um, not really point and click, because you move the character around in third person, you're actually... You know, walking around properly rather than clicking on environments to make the character move there. 
Um, you play uh, an 18 year old girl who is a uh, graduate student of a, an academy where she's studying photography um, and quite early on in the first episode something traumatic happens and the character discovers that she has the ability to rewind time um, so it introduces this inter interesting element of you can make choices like you could in a telltale game but if you're not happy with the uh, outcome of the choice you make, you can rewind time and make that choice again. And it's not I'm very early, so it's not very clear yet, but I have a feeling that rewinding time and uh, changing the choices you made may have repercussions. Um, I don't want to say too much about what's happened so far because it's very spoilerific, but... Um, it's very good, lovely art style, um, brilliant um, sort of portrayal of like high school cliqueiness and um, uh, and the, the, the dra teenage drama, but wrapped up in this interesting story of time manipulation. One thing I will say um, that seems to have carried through from Telltale Games, which I'm pretty sure you could turn off on the first season of The Walking Dead and then haven't been able to on any of the other ones. When you make a choice, a little thing pops up in the corner that says, this decision, they will remember this decision or something like that. Or this decision will have repercussions <laughs> or whatever. And I really don't like being told that. Just let it happen, don't tell me. I'll, I'll, if, if it has consequences, then I'll come across those in the future. Don't tell me that. So then I'm like, oh, maybe I should rewind and make a different choice. Especially in this, because you can remake the choices. Um, that's a little bit annoying, but um, very interesting game so far. I'm, I'm, I haven't even finished the first episode, so I'll, I'll talk more about it when i played some more. But um, if you can get it cheap, it's on pretty much everything. PC, PS3, PS4, 360, and Xbox One. Um, and uh, I don't know if the sale's still going, but it's £7 on PS4 at the moment, so uh, check it out if you're a fan of, of uh, point-and-clicky adventure games. Uh, and the final one, which uh, you've been playing as well, Kev, uh, Ratchet & Clank on PS4. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. Um, Insomniac Games, yep. uh, who made all the old Ratchet & Clanks, I believe. Pretty much all of them, I think. And then, uh, yeah, then they went off and made Sunset Overdrive for Xbox 360, uh, Xbox One, sorry, and then came back and have done this not quite remake, but sort of soft reboot of Ratchet and Clank. It's supposedly got quite a lot of similarities to the original one, but this is the first Ratchet and Clank game I've ever played, so I can't say. But it's a perfect, almost perfect, like three 3D um, action platformer. Uh, with really interesting shooter mechanics as well. Looks absolutely gorgeous, plays beautifully, um, is quite funny as well, uh, and <laughs> the weaponry that you get in that game is absolutely insane. Have you got the um, the Groovatron yet? Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, that's, that's great for guards, because <laughs> you can just fire that and just forget. <laughs> it's brilliant. We're so much in your dad doing a disco dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you never played it, the Groovatron basically is a gun that fires a little mirror ball that starts playing disco music, and it makes any enemy caught within its sphere of influence start dancing. It even works yeah. on bosses as well, which is quite funny. Um, there's some ridiculous weapons. There's one you get later on called the Sheepinator, which <laughs> will turn enemies caught in its beam into sheep. Um, there is quite possibly my one of my favourite... <laughs> Sort of, he's, he's half character, half weapon, uh, Mr. Zircon, 
who's a, a little robot who you can summon. He's just a little cutesy little robot that comes out and, and shoots things, but he's got he's got the most ridiculous lines. When he first pops up, he'll say things like, Mr. Zircon is here to kill. And um, when you go around like yeah, and you smash crates to get, collect uh, the bolts, the currency you need to, to, to buy new weapons and upgrade things, he'll say things like, uh, Mr. Zircon does not require bolts. His currency <laughs> is pain. Things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very handy. Um... But it's, it's like a really, really solid 3D action platform, a really good shooting mechanics as well. Um, and then there's a good variety of things to do. There's uh, hoverboard races, there's sections where you're grinding along rails, there's the little sections where you are playing as uh, Clank uh, without Ratchet, um, and you have these little puzzle elements. Um, really, really, really good game. Uh, it's a shame that it's only on um, PS4, because this is the sort of game that I think that everyone should play, uh, especially if you miss... Yeah. Those sort of um, like because I mean we've got no more, <clears throat> no more Jack and Daxter, no more um, Sly Cooper. It's been a long time since we've had a, a Spyro the Dragon game, a proper mm. Spyro the Dragon game anyway. Um, so yeah, if if you've got a soft spot for that sort of of game and you've got a PS4, it's it's reasonably cheap. It's thirty quid, isn't it? Yeah, thirty quid brand new, and you can probably find it cheaper than that. So uh, if you've got a PS4 and you miss that sort of game, yeah, then definitely pick it up. Oh, it's one of those I will pick up. Um, I think the original trilogy that was out on the PS2 is on the PS3 and Vita as um, a pack. But I'd also recommend, like you said, the PS3 one, the PS3 trilogy with um, Tools of Destruction. Those three games uh, are really good. Okay, so on to our lunch hour game of the week, and this week is brought to us by Stuart. Um, the games that I've been playing this week are called Cubescape. Um, if you look them up on Android, there's actually ten of them currently available. Nine of, wow. <laughs> nine of them are free, and one of them, the Rusty Lake Hotel, is £1.69. Unlike most uh, room escape games that you can get on mobile devices, it's not just you stood in front of an elevator trying to work out what bizarre combination of objects to tap and uh, click will actually make the elevator open so you can go to the next floor. They all appear to be little murder mysteries in which you are in one little game or one little room and you have to try and work out uh, or gather all the evidence within that room and make your way out. Um, so for some of them it'll be, well you find a screwdriver so therefore you're looking for something to unscrew so it'll be possibly the screws on a vent. Um, which will give you a little piece of evidence or uh, making yourself a coffee you drink the coffee and then there'll be some numbers down at the bottom of the um, cup which can then be used on a piece of equipment etc um, they as I say they're all little sort of police investigations I want to say and whether or not uh, the sort of nine free ones then actually relate into the Rusty Lake Hotel um, the paid game um, it'll be interesting to see but as a little distraction um, and there's one of them that I'm playing um, and I've put the most time into, which is Case 23. Um, actually seems to have at least four individual little chapters within uh, the game itself. Um, so for a free game, that's pretty impressive. One of the other things I like about it on Android is that it comes up and says this game does not require any special permissions. It does not need to get access to your phone uh, memory, your contacts, anything like that. Uh, which is always a little bit of a novelty these days whenever you're actually downloading and installing a game. 
Um, so yeah, as I say, they're just called Cube Escape. Um, there's nine of them um, that are free, and uh, yeah, have pick one and have a wee go at it. Um, as I say, they're all it's drawn in like a, a simple um, cartoon 2D sort of style, so it's certainly nowhere near as graphically impressive as the room um, is for sort of murder mystery or um, interactive games on mobile. Um, but yeah, have a go, go at them and uh, just enjoy. I'm going to download one right now. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell, there's loads of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But, as I they're say... They're not numbered. Oh, God, well, they're not numbered. Which one do I start oh, on? Oh, <laughs> pick one. I just randomly okay. picked Case 23 for no apparent reason, but I downloaded um, a couple of other ones at the same time as well, so... Yeah, that one's top of the list. I'll go with that one first. That'll do. That's my lunch break sorted tomorrow, then. Yep. Moving swiftly onto the news, here's uh, a few selected stories we picked up, which will already be old news by the time you hear this. Uh, do you want to start us off, Stuart? The Legend of Zelda for Wii U will be the only playable Nintendo game at E3 this year. Now, this is quite big news. Everybody had been expecting um, at least a couple of games and possibly even a little bit of a preview for the NX. But Nintendo have confirmed that um, what we had already suspected, that the new Legend of Zelda game will be coming out on Wii U and the NX, um, similar to the Twilight Princess release on both GameCube and Wii. Uh, this also means that the release date has been pushed back until 2017 to coincide with the proposed release date for the NX, which leaves Nintendo without a big tentpole first-party release this year for the Wii U. The Legend of Zelda game will also be the only playable game at E3. Uh, Nintendo Europe stated the following in the press release, saying, Nintendo changes its approach to the show every year. This June, Nintendo will focus its attentions on the upcoming game in the Legend of Zelda series. The Wii U version of the game will be playable for the first time on the E3 shop show floor and it will be the only playable game Nintendo presents at the show in order to provide attendees with a complete immersion. Um, additional information about Nintendo's E3 plans will be announced in the future. Um, we're still looking at sort of how this will be received, etc. Um, Nintendo have been sort of scaling back their E3 presence for a few years now, um, much preferring to do their own Nintendo Direct um, videos and things. Um, but to have only one game um, at the conference doesn't really say an awful lot for what they've got um, sitting on their shelves or even if they have anything ready. Um, so yeah, kind of big news. And I'll follow on with that um, to say that the Nintendo NX uh, will be launched globally in March 2017. Um, both of these articles have come from Nintendo Life and we'll post uh, the links in the show notes whenever we do them up. Um, but yeah. Um, so the Nintendo console still codenamed NX, so whether or not um, that will actually change in the future um, will be interesting to see, but it will be out in 2017 with a planned release date of sometime in March. Um, so obviously um, there's no showing at E3, um, and I'm sure a lot of people would have liked to have seen something there, but uh, no they're not going to. And uh, Nintendo previously announced that it would release more information about its next system codenamed NX this year. As the first announcement of any NX information, Nintendo confirmed that NX is scheduled to launch in March 2017 and that it will not make uh, an appearance at the upcoming E3 video game trade show in Los Angeles in June and will be unveiled later in the year. So no doubt they are planning to do their own special launch um, so that 
Potentially it's not necessarily a bad idea because it means it won't get overshadowed by anything else that is announced at E3 and uh, mm. they get to choose um, when they make that announcement um, and hopefully get as much coverage as they can as opposed to possibly being lost in the mix um, because there's always an awful lot of news that comes out during E3. I think yeah. two of the things that you would expect from E3 this year is possibly going to be the um, PlayStation 4.5 and the Xbox 1.5 or whatever they um, actually name their little hardware iterations to be. Um, I would mm. guess that they will be announced and possibly a lot of focus will be on them um, during E3 this year. So we'll just have to wait and see and uh, yeah, at least it will give me a little bit longer to save up for an NX now. I can kind of see where they're coming from because there's the PlayStation 4.5 or PlayStation Neo uh, as it's apparently being called and whatever Microsoft is going to do in response, um, they, Phil Spencer came out quite recently and said that he doesn't like the idea of iterative upgrades um, to a console so we don't know if Microsoft are even going to be doing anything but they imagine they would have to have something because they don't have an upgrade on the Xbox One and as as of yet they don't have a um, virtual reality headset they've got to have something that they're going to be announcing so it's kind of wise for Nintendo to sort of sidestep that and announce in a clean space a little bit later but at the same time and not, I mean, it was. I like the, the, the fact that Nintendo don't have a conference there because the conferences are always a bit stupid, and the Nintendo directs have always been a little bit more entertaining. But when they have their E3 Nintendo Direct, what the hell are they going to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm sure they'll have one, um, but it, they'll they'll announce I don't know some a few third party bits and pieces. I think they've got a few first party games that are coming out on the 3DS, but the Wii U is going to be. Is going to have pretty much nothing apart from Zelda, which we have to wait till next year for. It's going to be a bit weird for them not to have really have anything there. I mean, they're going to have a pretty small presence on the on the show floor. I imagine if all they have to show for the uh, the Wii U is the new Zelda. Yeah, it'll be one little booth stuck over in a corner somewhere. I can't I yeah, can't even imagine them necessarily putting an awful lot of money into it. So they. Yeah, they will probably mm. have a much smaller booth and definitely presence this year um, because it yeah. is only that one game. All I can imagine is that maybe they're going to spend a lot of time talking about the the, the, the push they're making towards mobile gaming. Um, that could be a possibility, yeah. Got, yeah. I think um, there's something cause... new to be announced soon about um, a mm. new offering um, as well as potentially putting a little bit more emphasis on the new 3DS and potential yeah. games that could be coming out for that. Um, so yeah, I think the next Nintendo Direct will probably see a little bit more of a push for the 3DS and their mobile offerings. And then mm. a little bit later in the year, I think we'll be um, a little bit more on the NX itself. Mm. And mm. then possibly pushing to say that you know Wii U is definitely end of life and here are one or two um, other games that will be released before then. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see whether or not or if there's any more games that will be announced um, for even the Christmas period in the Wii U, even if it is maybe just one or two. I think there's a Paper Mario rumoured, um, so we'll have <laughs> to see what that turns out to be, um, whether or not it's going to be a full-blown RPG in the same sort of vein as um, the Thousand Year Door, or whether or not it's just going to be a much smaller release, um, like Sticker Stars um, on the 3DS. We're not sure yet. Um, we'll just wait. I am really hoping that whatever they do with the NX is backwards compatible with the with uh, Wii U games and 
I really, really hope it's backwards compatible with the with the uh, the Wii U controller as well. I know a lot of people kind of hate on the controller, but I would quite like to be able to continue playing Mario Maker for many years to come. Yeah, uh, and it would be nice to be able to do it on another console rather than having to keep the Wii U wide in as well to be able to keep playing uh, Mario Maker. And I'd like to be able to see them make other Mario Maker style games in the future as well, but it, it, those sort of games only really work with that tablet. Yep. Even if it's not um, backward compatible necessarily with the Wii U gamepad, you'd like to hope that if there is another gamepad coming out that it will have a little screen in it that you can use. Um, I think mm. for an awful lot of people, the selling point on the Wii U is the fact that you do have that off-screen play on the gamepad. Yeah. Absolutely, it's, yeah. You know, it's it's a real revelation. It's really nice to see. Um, you know, you can sit and be playing any of the sort of Lego Batman games or the Pikmin 3 and things like that. Um, even mm. Monster Hunter, um, I think, came along in one of the um, patches not too long after release. Um, the game off-screen play, and it's it's brilliant. So it is. The fact that you, yeah. know, you can be sitting there, you've got the power of the Wii, but you've just got it on a screen in your hands, and... Um, you know the rest of the family still have access to the big TV in the main room. It's uh, it's really mm. nice. Same deal with uh, Wind Waker as well. Yeah. You just need to press the minus button and it just switches what's on the TV screen straight to the screen on the Wii U mode. So, yeah, I, I don't know whether the next console will have a screen on it because as much as people who've got a Wii U love it, it was something which I don't know possibly put people off getting a Wii U. I don't know. Possibly, but I think there was always the badly named console. I think with a lot of people, yes. they saw the gamepad, they saw Wii U, and just automatically thought that it was potentially either an upgrade that they just weren't going to bother with, or just got yeah. confused by the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the unfortunate things about the the launch yeah. of the Wii U. It just confused people. Um, but yeah, like, considering that the the vast majority of people who bought a Wii were not traditional gamers, yeah. they perhaps didn't understand what the Wii U was. Yeah. So yeah, uh, interesting times. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that um, very quickly. I think there was a about an eight percent decrease um, in the share price um, on Nintendo after those couple of announcements. <sighs> which that's a big drop. Yeah, it is a big drop. So it is. Not that you mm. know they're not necessarily hemorrhaging money, and we'll still have enough money to keep them going for a couple of a decade or so. Um, oh, yeah, as yeah, they are they're, they're, they're quite happy but yeah mm. it's a big knock so they need a good year and certainly a strong showing for the NX um, mm. to actually lead to uh, well just to keep going really um, there's very vague rumours that there's the, always the possibility that the NX could be the last Nintendo console now whether or not that comes to fruition yeah, yeah. Um, mm. it will come down to how well it actually does at retail and whether or not there's enough games on it. There's enough third-party support. I think, particularly, you know, a lot of people say mm. that, you know, well, it's great having a Nintendo console and the other console, but for a lot of people, that's just not feasible. And no. getting those big names um, to actually play games with, you know, your friends, um, really is a seller because whenever it comes down to it, you go to school, you know, you speak to kids and things, and they want what their friends have. And whenever it comes down to it, that is Call of Duty and Minecraft, etc. You know, the sort of big tentpole names. And those are the games people want to play, want to play with others. And if all you've got in is a Nintendo console that those games aren't on, it's kind of ruling you out of um, a little clique, unfortunately. I mean, there's a couple of things in that sense. I think I've heard, I was reading about it, that um, the license fees for Nintendo are higher. So third parties have to pay mm. more to be on Nintendo. 
And that does work. not surprise me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and working with Nintendo, I think, is difficult. And also, they don't seem to sell enough. I remember Mass Effect 3 coming out for the Wii U, didn't it? Um, I think a year. Yeah, it came out as mm. a special edition, yeah. yeah. And just, what, what you heard from all the big media publishers was just like, it's not selling. The games sell, you know, Nintendo games sell, but all other third parties don't sell. Now, for whatever reason, it seems Nintendo fans don't want to buy those third party stuff. So, I'd, no. you know, it is a shame, but mm. it could be just another. It could be another Wii U, and they have to market it right because this is the console that's going to be um, replacing the 3DS and the Wii U, allegedly. You know? Hmm. Yeah, I think one of the main selling points that it would be really nice to see will be some sort of cross-buy initiative where you get the game on both the console and whatever the um, handheld device actually turns out to be. I think that will be a big Hmm. seller. Um, Whether or not that happens or what form the actual handheld um, device part of it Hmm. takes, we don't know. Um, We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, did you see the other day about, was another news, I mean, it's just separate, but the whole of PSN, which includes movies and games and etc., made more than Nintendo <laughs> last year. I think Nintendo yeah. made 3.2 billion and PSN made 3.4. Something was, it was just basically PSN was making a lot more money than Nintendo in the last year. Yeah, all I can imagine is that Nintendo are going to will have you they'll have their own press conference at some point or Nintendo Direct and an next announcement at some point after E3 and then possibly have a strong showing at Tokyo Game Show later this year which is more more of their territory but um, with them slimming down their already sparse showing at E3 and then there was the news uh, earlier in the year that Activision uh, and EA won't be at E3 this year um, E3 is getting a bit thin yeah it's um I think a lot of it had been coming down to more being taken over by more technology mm. companies as opposed to necessarily the game companies, but then it did start out as a technology show to start mm. with anyway. So it's not necessarily surprising to see it possibly going yeah. back that way. And uh, I think with a lot of people, particularly gamers, what have you, having their own methods of you know getting news and things like that, um, and it makes sense for each of the different companies to make announcements without necessarily being lost as, you know, um, just a sort of footnotes for the daily occurrences that happen at E3. Our next news story comes from Kotaku, and that's hot off the presses today, uh, 2nd of May, and that is that there is a new Call of Duty this year. So uh, <laughs> You can all sleep easy, though. <laughs> yeah, you can rest easy. In case you were worried, yes, there is going to be a new Call of Duty game this year. In other news, the Earth continues to rotate. Uh, the new Call of Duty is called, insert generic subtitle here, I'm sorry, sorry, the new Call of Duty game is called Infinite Warfare, Uh, it's more near future techno warfare bollocks but this time you can go to space and the trailer features an awful, awful, truly awful cover of Space Oddity. Um, One notable thing that did come up in the trailer 
is that if you pre-order the no doubt overpriced limited edition then you can get Modern Warfare Remastered uh, but in a rather sleazy move Modern Warfare Remastered will not be sold separately so if you want to play it you'll have to buy the special edition of uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare aka Call of Duty Space Marine aka Call of Duty Please God Make It Stop <laughs> <laughs> And in Warhammer news this week. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a jingle for weekly Warhammer news. <laughs> yes, um, Chaos Warriors DLC is free for a week. So Sega has backed down on its controversial plans for making one of the races of a new Total War a pre-order exclusive. Um, if you're familiar with Warhammer, you'll know that Chaos Warriors are the ultimate... Um, bad guys in the Warhammer universe and they made it part of pre-order DLC so one of the major factions was pre-order DLC which is a bit of a shitty move so of all mm. Chaos Warriors in the game as enemies you only get to play them as pre if you pre-order which made a lot of fans very angry but now Sega decided gets the idea as long as you buy the game within the first week of launch everyone will get them for free so they've sort of compromised a bit I think a week is a bit shitty, maybe a month, you know, giving fans enough time to get it, and that's really, but it was a shitty move in the first place anyway to put it as pre-order, hmm. one of the major character, one of the major races. So, how does this, so have people already paid for this DLC? Um, well, I've pre-ordered it, so I'm guaranteed this DLC. So they're saying, right. if you buy the game, I presume, and you register your copy, I presume, mm -hmm. according, you will get the DLC for the first week free, and then it'll go. Then you'll have to buy it. So, by get it for free, do you mean you can play it for a week and then no. it'll be locked off, no, or do you keep I, I, it? I presume it's, you keep it. That is that's pretty that's awful. Mm. That's really bad. <laughs> so. I take it they're not going to offer refunds for people that have already paid for it. Um, well, you only get it if you pre-order it. So right, okay. So it's like the same. This is a pre-order bonus for all those who pre-ordered. So people are going mental about this because it is a major race mm -hmm. in the Warhammer universe. You know, big faction. Right. And then. So it wasn't tied to a special edition or anything. It was just if you pre-ordered no. just the basic version of the game you got. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So they've made it free for a week. Um, but even then it's a bit shitty after a week mm. you know, after the first week if you don't have the game then you're going to have to pay for it this is like uh, Bethesda upping the price of their season pass on Fallout 4 yeah. after a month or so yeah and yeah. it's just a shitty move with all these companies with these DLC you know, piecemealing it and then mm. locking off you know big chunks of game the games so that you have to pay for it mm. Extra, you know, look at Battlefront. How much extra you have to pay for the season pass? It, it is shit. Well, this is basically Sega saying you've got to buy this game within the first yeah. week that it's out, or you won't get this this uh, entire faction for free. Yeah. That's it. That's that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, increase your first week sales, and what's I don't know how much how much the DLC will be, but you know, save a few quid, buy the game, brand new, full price. That's like the horrible old. Um, Thankfully, defunct um, 
uh, network pass nonsense that used to be yeah. all over games. Buy the game new. If you buy it secondhand and you want to play it online, you've got to give us a little bit of money. Yeah. yeah. I hate business practices like that. I know. But mm. hopefully they'll see sense and, like I said, make it. I mean, for a month, I think a month is fair. You know, give people a chance to play it and see whether they like it and get with DLC for free after that. Then, mm. if you want to charge for it, then fair enough. But it really, they shouldn't charge for it anyway. It should be included part of the game. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. yeah. I imagine it's probably going to be on disc as well. Yeah, it will be. We've had uh, a few listener questions in. Our first one comes uh, again from Colm Sheridan. That's uh, Psalm67 on Twitter. And he says, what game are you most looking forward to playing in 2016? Who wants to start us off? Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will. Um, after seeing, uh, finally seeing The Force Awakens on Blu-ray this last couple of weeks. Hey. Yay! <laughs> finally caught up with the rest of humanity. Um, <laughs> and I keep watching it now for some god-known reason. Um, hey, four times in a week. Four times in a week I watched it. <laughs> That's over eight hours, you oddball. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus I watched all the special features as well. Oh, mint. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's going to be Lego, uh, Lego The Force Awakens, which is out in mm. June. I want to say it's June. It might be July. Yeah. It's got a J in it. Um, <laughs> did you see the? Did you see the trailer for it? Yes, yes. Well, they basically remade, remade the trailer from the film, but <laughs> yeah. with classic yeah. Lego sense of humour. Yes, brilliant, it was hilarious, really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, now, of course, I know what that trailer means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Amazon do have a super duper exclusive steel edition. Oh uh, yes. Yes, uh, it is a work of art. It looks gorgeous, but it's. 52 quid I think ish mm, might be 54 hell. but it does have a full network pass and promises of lots of DLC and if it's as good as the yeah. um, Lego Batman 3 that they released a few couple of years ago 2-3 years ago uh, that had a massive network pass and there was lots of stuff to do on that um, yeah mm. it's probably worth diving into but uh, yeah so that's the one I'm looking forward to most this year because let's face it this year is the year of the brick yeah. Every year's a year of a brick. So not year of the toad then. Oh well, you, that goes without saying. Mm. <laughs> year of toad and year of the brick. Probably. Yes. <laughs> Forget year of Warhammer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it literally is. There's a new Warhammer game coming out every day. It seems. <laughs> Don't you get them delivered with your paper now, Andy? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> In my 16 and 16 challenge, I'm doing her story, so that'll be uh, an oh, interesting nice. one to play. Col- Colm didn't specifically say what games were coming out this year, it was what games are you going to oh, play this year, so true. yeah, that's yeah. one of mine. Seeing as I've already put time into Bioshock and Mass Effect, <laughs> I'll go for that one. You danced around that answer, well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was, just, I was just thinking, well, there's now nothing coming out of the <laughs> Wii U, so... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and you got one at all? Yeah. Probably Uncharted 4. Looking forward to that. Mm. It's going to be oh, looking yeah. good. Yeah. Bit of more Nathan Drake shooting, serial killing all the bad guys. Um, yep. <laughs> and being sassy. Sassy, yeah. Clever about it. <laughs> um, 
Probably <laughs> weird with his shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> what yeah. is going on with that shirt? <laughs> How can you wear a shirt like that? Oh, Jasmine nuts. Um, Nathan Drake can what, wear whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> That's it. He's having powerful forearms. Unbelievable arms. It's always clean. <laughs> yeah. Unlimited grip. And uh, um, <laughs> I think Kingdom Come Deliverance, that medieval role playing. Oh, yeah. And all the Warhammer games, of course. <laughs> uh, well, mine is still and probably will continue to be my most anticipated game of this year, No Man's Sky. Um, it's due out in June of this year. Not, I don't think they've set a concrete date. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> Next month, oh my god. Alright, so um, as of June, the, uh, I will be <laughs> saying goodbye to the real world for a while. Um, IGN have got a, uh, a, I think they've got a month long amount of like uh, No Man's Sky coverage and uh, Sean Murray uh, the lead developer at Hello Games was at IGN uh, last week I think and they put up a video with like 20 20 odd minutes worth of gameplay showing some of the stuff that they haven't shown in that game before and the more I see the more I need that game in my life so um, No Man's Sky definitely one uh, in the more immediate future um, the uh, Overwatch beta uh, it's open beta is finally coming to console. Well, you say beta. The game's out later this month, so it's more like a demo. Um, is uh, That's due out, I think, midnight tonight um, at the time of recording. So by the time this episode comes out, I will have played a metric fuckton of the de- of the beta. <laughs> so expect plenty of footage of that up on, uh, on the Lapse Game Radio YouTube page. Uh, but yeah, those are the two games we're looking forward to the most at the moment. Uh, our next question... Uh, comes from Stuart Cullen at Fury AC3. It's a two-parter. Do you think Call of Duty's time is up uh, and that the bait-and-switch with Modern Warfare Remastered is poor underhand tactics? And a follow-up question, how how, uh, how do you think Activision will react when Modern Warfare Remastered is more populated than Infinite Warfare two months after launch? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about this with uh, a couple of mates before uh, I, I came on uh, came on to record this this evening, um, and the, basically we came to this consensus that you could that I imagine that uh, you know in the weeks after Infinite Warfare or whatever it's called comes out, there will be lots and lots of used copies of that available in CEX and other shops, <laughs> so you can trade games in minus the code for Modern Warfare Remastered. I could the day after, <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Nobody's that excited about a new Call of Duty, but there are a lot of people who are very interested in playing uh, a remastered version of Modern Warfare because it is probably the best Call of Duty game. It's definitely the last one I played, you know, a mm. lot of yeah. and really, really enjoyed. It's one of the few that I have actually finished as well. Yeah, um, absolutely incredible campaign, and the multiplayer was great yeah. before they started adding in a whole lot of nonsense. Um, and I can see, from a business perspective, I can see why they're they're packaging it with the collector's edition of Infinite Warfare because if they sold it separately, no one would buy Infinite Warfare. Everyone would just buy Modern Warfare Remastered. And I imagine six months or so down the line from when um, Infinite Warfare comes out, they'll sell Modern Warfare separately because they've already said that it will be uh, its own 
game download yeah. separately. Like you'll get Infinite Warfare, and there'll be a code to download Modern Warfare Remastered. So it'll only be a matter of time before they sell it separately. But I mean, I could see Modern Warfare Remastered having a decent, um, you know, a, a decent player base for several years to come, whereas. A year after a new Call of Duty comes out, nobody's playing it because they're all the same, and they're all rubbish. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a very sleazy move to package it with uh, Infinite Warfare, but um, I can see from a business perspective why they're doing it. Well, we, sorry, I just thought we do have form though, don't we? I mean, we discussed this before, and then we found out Call of Duty Classic was packaged in with uh, Modern Warfare Two. Um, you know, the prestige and hardship, mm. but it was separated out. It's, I mean, looking at the trailer, it, it's just generic. It's just another set piece form of gameplay. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, you're in space now. It, it, and it feels we've got Titans again. It feels like Titanfall. It, it just feels, it feels familiar from mm-hmm. every other game. Whereas, like we said, Modern Warfare, Trilogy Four was just like it was. A game of a generation. It was just like people were just like open mouth looking at it. The multiplayer was absolutely brilliant. Mm. The single player campaign was really strong. Everything about that game was brilliant. And then it's just turned more and more generic and gets more and more sillier. And it's, mm. I mean, the last one last year was I think increased sales, so they were quite happy. This year, yeah, really? it, it did it wow. did increase sales compared to, um, I think, Advanced Warfare, it was called. So, I've, 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 yeah, Advanced Warfare, yeah. that was the one. I always get that confused with um, Advanced Warfighter yeah. or something like that. One of the, the um, Ubisoft yeah. SOCOM games. So, I've, you look at it. People go buy it because people might only buy one game per year. It might be just caught and they just, you know, max it out and they get the money out of it. It, you know, you have to hand it to COD because it does raise gaming profile. And without COD, would would we have the industry we have today? But it is very generic, you know, for hardcore games. I think um, it gets boring. Actually. It, it looks samey now. We've gone into we've gone into modern warfare. We've gone into mm. advanced warfare. We've gone into we're going into infinite warfare. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it looks like every other game out there. Quite frankly, personally, I'd like to see a return to World War Two. I think it's about time mm. we step back into it. I think it's been what eight years since World at War came out or so. so yeah, I think we've had enough break, but. It'll sell, you know. It'll make the money. Yeah, but I think it'll sell mainly off the back of Modern Warfare being included yeah. because that is a genuine modern gaming classic in the same way that um, Halo, the, the original Halo, kind of uh, uh, revolutionised um, first-person shooters on the console. Um, the original Modern Warfare kind of shaped the way that, that military first-person shooters would continue to be for uh, for the years to come after that and it, yeah it changed the landscape completely and I would love to go back and play it but I am not paying £80 <laughs> to get it as a download addition to a game I have no intention no. of playing 
So yeah. Just coming back to that, eighty pounds. Then surely it's cheaper to buy a second-hand copy of Warfare. Um, <laughs> the World at War, Modern Warfare, and um, also buy a cop uh, an Xbox 360. It's still going to work out cheaper Probably, to buy a cheap yeah. 360. <laughs> Because I'm sure you can buy them for like 50 or 60 yeah. quid now, can't you? So, and let's face it, Modern Warfare is going to be about a tenner at the most. Yeah, you can still yeah, do I it. Yeah, I imagine so, yeah. And you don't have the new no, shitty no. Spaceman no. either. No. <laughs> it's really funny as well because I remember um, at the beginning of the year talking about Call of Duty and going, where are we going to go now? We're going yep. to space. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, oh fuck. It's All right. the only okay. place they had left to go, really. <laughs> It's like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, in space, you can't hear us fucking <laughs> scream. I watched the trailer, yeah. it just reminded me of Killzone. Yeah. A lot of it just seemed mm -hmm. like. I mean, I do, do enjoy the Killzone <laughs> games, and uh, I've still got to play the PS4 one, but it just like. It's just looks like Killzone. They just. It, there's nothing that stands out about Call of Duty that separates itself anymore. No, it's just another no, futuristic military shooter yeah. in a sea of futuristic military shooters. Yeah, there's nothing that really makes it stand out. And you look at the, the games that are coming out this year that do have something unique, uh, like Doom. And we're, like we've this month alone, we've got Doom, Battleborn, and mm. Overwatch, and they they're all doing something different, and they're all kind of unique in their own way uh, I just I, I don't I can't think why anyone would get that excited about another yet another Call of Duty but like you said there are those people out there that will they'll buy they've got a console and they'll buy the new FIFA and the new COD every yeah. year and that's it and they'll just play that mm -hmm. so it'll yeah. still sell <laughs> unfortunately but god I wish they'd take <laughs> a year off maybe they'll figure out they've actually finally made it when there's a Lego Call of Duty it's only a matter of time <laughs> at this point in the show we are going to do something it's, it's really quite big I suppose you could look at it that way um, we have 58 games in total to give away on Steam um, and all our listeners need to do is go to the Google Doc link which we will include in both the show notes um, on Podbean and on the blog uh, whenever the show is released and put in your Twitter handle or email address beside any games that you want um, obviously within reason we want to try and be fair uh, to all of our listeners it's on a first come first serve basis and we will send the links out probably about once a week uh, via either Twitter DM or email depending on what you put in some examples of the games available are Awesome Knot, Blood Bowl Chaos Edition, Cities XL Platinum, Contrast Collector's Edition, Game of Thrones, the RPG by Cyanide Studios, Grim Fandango Remastered, Never Alone and the Foxtails DLC, Ollie Ollie, uh, there's a range of Star Wars games available, uh, I think um, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old oh. Republic 2, Battlefront 2. Uh, there are, I think, four copies of Vertiginous Golf available, and we also have a um, codes for The Walking Dead Season 1 and The Wolf Among Us uh, as well. Now remember, these are all on Steam, uh, so they are, and they've all been, uh, they're duplicate codes that we have from um, buying far too many Humble Bundles. As I say, we'll include the link to the Google Doc in the show notes. 
and we hope to keep this running as a thing throughout the year and we'll add more codes as and when we get them and if any of our listeners actually have any duplicate codes that they wish to donate we will happily add them to the list and pass them on to other listeners and uh, give appropriate shout outs um, so if you have any codes email us or DM the at Gamer Twitter feed and uh, just get in touch with us just a sort of special thank you to listeners and uh, a way of sharing a little bit of game love especially for laps gamers whenever money can be a little bit tight due to Numerous yeah. reasons. Well, you say laps gamers, and then you've got Knights of the Old Republic <laughs> and Knights of the Old Republic 2 in there. <laughs> well, That's yes. about 400 hours worth of gaming. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep them going. There are some, some cracking games in it. Oli Oli is, is an incredible game. Uh, yeah, it's I've very good fun. I've sunk dozens of hours into that on the Vita. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, The Wolf Among Us. Uh, the Walking Dead Season 1 was brilliant. Season 2... Not loving, um, but the Wolf Among Us season one is is fantastic, and yeah, get it. Uh, yeah, if if you if you want it, get hold of it, get it played because we're going to be covering that at some point in the next couple of months. Uh, so, quick reminder uh, again: our next playlist game is Uncharted: Golden Abyss on PS Vita. Uh, it was part of uh, the Instant Game Collection on uh, PS Plus in the past. So, if you've got a Vita and you pick up the games every month, you might have it in your library. So, have a little look. If not, um, I think it's pretty cheap uh, digitally. Um, can you get? A, do they even do a physical, a physical copy of it? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah you can. Yeah. Okay. It's fifteen yeah. quid in CEX. Ah, there you go. Fifteen know, quid in CEX. <laughs> <laughs> I only know because I picked one on myself. <laughs> ah, fair enough. So yeah, get hold of it, get it played. Let us know your thoughts on the game in time for our dedicated episode recording. Um, some point in the coming weeks. Um, We've still got our ongoing topic question of what are your favourite video game openings. We may or may not d- uh, devote uh, uh, an episode, a, a topic episode to that in the future. But uh, regardless of what we do with that, let us know and we'll always read those out on coming episodes. Um, just from, was it Lynn at 360 has been working his way through our back mm. catalogue of podcasts as well as oh, <laughs> a yeah. lot yeah. of yeah. other yeah. ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely gave him a mention. Yeah, he's. Uh, didn't he say he he listens to them yeah. when he's at work? So he needs he needs forty hours worth of podcasts <laughs> yeah. a week. So <laughs> he'll get through our, ca- our back catalogue reasonably quickly, I imagine. He's up to date. Oh, he's up to date already. He's, oh, he's up to date. Bloody good work. So well done, <laughs> yeah. sir. He did almost switch it off when he was listening to the GTA episode. So I think I put Jack Thompson at the beginning. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's face it, it winds us all up. <laughs> Our contact details, as ever, if you'd like to, to get in contact with us, send us some questions or suggestions or new segments you'd like us to start doing, comment on what we're already doing that you like or don't like, or anything else you'd like us to read out on the show, or if you'd like to even appear on a show, uh, you can email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our LGR blog, that's lapsgamerradio.blogspot.co.uk. You can check our Twitter feed, at lapsedgamer, and you can like our Lapsed Gamer Radio Facebook page and add yourself to the LGR community. And of course we've also got the Lapsed Gamer Radio YouTube channel, um, which I've always mentioned by the time this episode's up. There should hopefully be some footage, uh, both of the recent Iron Banner in Destiny and some, hopefully, uh, Overwatch beta footage as well. Uh, you can find all our podcast episodes to stream or mp3 download at our Podbean web address. That's lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. Uh, also, please be so kind as to subscribe and review Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. Uh, remember, do let us know if you'd like to be on a future episode with us. 
And what's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Hasta luego. Hello, stupid nethers. Time to die. Mr. Zircon will send you to a dimension. A dimension of death. Mr. Zircon does not require bolts. His currency is pain. Mr. Zircon needs no nanotech to survive. Mr. Zircon lives on fear. Have you been killed by Mr. Zircon yet? Hello, Zircon family. Hey, Zircon, you smell like dung of war grass. Ha, ha, ha. Mr. Zircon is here to kill. Mr. Zircon is back. This is what Mr. Zircon calls a family outing. Stupid snowman. Mr. Zircon hates you. Yoo-hoo. Mr. Zircon is looking to kill you. Die, die, die.